0: To come out with my white boots, my white kitten heels was also very, a very cute moment. (laughs) Oh,
1: the Palladium had never (laughs) had better shoes. They weren't ready. Yeah, (laughs) the Palladium stage was not ready. Hello, and welcome to In The Frame. Today's guest is Shem Amari James, who is super busy at the moment. He is currently starring in the premiere of the brand new musical Banara at the Hackney Empire before heading off on tour as Cece in Dreamgirls. Having graduated from ArtsEd during the pandemic, Shem made his professional debut alongside Cedric Neal, Rachel Tucker, Rachel John and Ramin Kamaloo in the digital production of Songs for a New World. He reprised his performance when the musical was staged at the London Palladium and was due to continue with the show for its run at the Vaudeville Theatre, which was sadly cancelled due to a lockdown. He also appeared in the music of Andrew Lloyd Webber at Leicester Curve, directed by Nikolai Foster. Like I said, he is busy. I had such a great time recording this interview with Shem. It's crazy because he's done so much so quickly and already has so many stories and experiences to chat about. It was great to talk to him. Here's the interview. Shem Amari James, you're in the frame.
0: Yay! I'm (laughs) so happy to be
1: here. I'm so happy to be talking to you. What's funny, what the people don't know is that we're recording this on a Friday evening which is a weird time to be doing a podcast right
0: it's slightly crazy but i'm excited nonetheless um who needs a glass of beer or something do you know what i mean <laughs> when you can just be doing a podcast
1: <laughs> <laughs> what would be dangerous would be to having a glass of wine or a glass of beer at the same time but let's not do yeah. that. Um, <laughs> tell me about what gear your brain is in i want to know where you're at what, what's going on inside your head?
0: Oh, that is a really interesting question, actually. I would say that the gear... I'm going to describe the gear. Um, so I would say the gear that I'm in is that there's lots of technical stuff happening in the show. There's lots of dance. So I'm I'm in a very technical mode right now. Like, I need to be here for this. In order for me to not get kicked in the face, I need to be doing this. Um, But today, actually, we're speaking on a good day because we're kind of putting it together now. We're gelling everything and we're seeing things that we haven't seen in the room. So I'm in a very technical space, but I'm also very excited at the same time because I'm like, oh my God, we're actually getting there. A show is about to happen in a week.
1: Yeah, (laughs) I mean, this is a big deal because people... Venara has been on people's radar for ages. It's kind of had this hype. There's been workshops, right? We've heard bits of... Music, but this is the first time that the that the world and that people are going to properly see it. When when it popped up for you, when the audition came through, or you know you heard about the possibility of being involved, what was your first impression?
0: So I kind of heard some simmerings of this show, like you said beforehand. Oh, simmerings, yes. Um, simmerings, yes. <laughs> um, so I. I definitely was intrigued, but I didn't know that much. I knew about the, the cast recording and, um, Madalena Alberto is actually on the the concept album and we just did a show together and I, I saw her, um, and I was like, Oh, I've got this Venara audition coming through. And she was like, yes. Oh my gosh. How exciting. I'm very intrigued as to how they will put it on. So that all of that intrigue, um, just kind of amounted. I was so excited going into the audition yeah. Um, and yeah, creating a fully new world. It's kind of crazy. And we've done it in a, in a quick amount of time, like for something on this scale, you, you, I don't know, like you, the, the, um the amount of time is endless because there's so much to explore um How we speak, the kind of calls that we give as a tribe, what we wear, what we I mean, I don't want to be too specific about the context of the show, but status and hierarchy and how we address each other. It's, there's just so there's so much room for imagination and creativity in the room, which is really cool because, you know, you don't always get that. And for something where it's already kind of building a little fan base and the score, everyone... You know, not everyone, (laughs) but, you know, a lot of people already know some of the songs, so it's really great to actually put it on its feet.
1: Can you set it up without giving any spoilers? It feels very relevant just from reading what I've read.
0: 100%. So I... When I first read the script, there's so many... I'm a stagey boy, I must say. (laughs) There's so many references... That I was just like, this is very Romeo and Juliet meets West Side Story, meets Lion King, meets Le- Les Mis, meets Miss Saigon, but also its own thing. Um, so the general premise, the first line in the script is, on another earth, in another time, and I think maybe in another dimension, but I might have just added that. <laughs> but, <laughs> so yeah, we're, we're, we're in a different world, but it's very similar to our own. There are two tribes. One is called the Koglisk and one is called the Panna. And the Koglisk live in the higher mountain tops and the Panna are close to the earth, to the ground, and they're more like hunters. Um, And they have a yearly trade and they trade uh, the things that they're best at doing. So for the Panna, it's uh, hides of fur and uh, meat and... Bones and things like that. And then for the Koglisk, it's jewelry and, um, cured meats and yeah. things like that. Um, oh, I missed one thing. So the big thing is that the Koglisk have, have the ability to create fire and the Panna do not. And that is really important okay. in the story. Um, and fire is treated as if this, as this magical thing that is, um, oh yeah, only the Koglisk. Can control fire and they're sorcerers in a, in a way and yes we have a yearly trade between these two tribes and this year at this yearly trade something happens that spins the story Ooh. into rolling along between two people and and dot 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 <laughs> Listen,
1: if this whole acting doesn't work out, you can go into PR.
0: Look at this. Yes, honestly. <laughs> I'm like... <laughs> you I hope smelling. that sells the show. <laughs> 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 Just setting up the scene, do you know what I mean?
1: And wait, explain the music and how epic it is.
0: So this is the, like, Les Mis of Saigon side of the, uh, of the show. Um, the music is so epic. Like, listening to all the orchestrations that have been put on the beautiful melodies by Gianluca, um, the composer is just incredible. Um, I, I can't even describe it because it's, it's, it's its own thing. And some of the melodies are just so unfamiliar, but you can definitely tell there's so much passion um, behind this project. It kind of gives me Adam Gettle vibes okay. um, in terms of that really over romanticized music. But it's so beautiful to listen to. Mm. And there's so much uh, scope for different things. There's kind of, you have kind of like a, this is some inside tea, apparently, that I've heard, is that between the two different tribes, there's different musical styles. So, um, there's a more kind of legit, contemporary legit side and then the more poppy side, um, which is really nice, a really nice blend to have. Wait, so what, uh, can, what can
1: I, what am I going to hear from you? What Are you giving me legit or are you giving me poppy back?
0: Oh, I'm giving you full legit, or contemporary legit, shall I say. Yes! Um, I, my character is, is anguished, angsty, jealous. Um, so yeah, and I just, I there's one moment where I just see red and then I go full contemporary legit anger anger moment and are you ready for that i am i'm really excited actually uh because it's it's something that i i haven't yet done so i'm like i'm ready for the anger
1: okay i'm ready for this
0: i'm (laughs) for the angst
1: (laughs) and you have some outrageously talented people in this show we're talking like carol stennett obsessed kaylee McKnight, right don't get me started <laughs> what is going on in that room how I don't know, how is how is the world coping with all these talented people being in one room every day
0: i mean it's just a lesson every day <laughs> in in how to be a star yeah. essentially because <laughs> Honestly, I we we are so fortunate to have these amazing people in the room every day with us. I think we almost take it for granted, like Johnny Fiore, O.G. Um Motormouth Maybell, hello, um, the West End. And just watching her process and speaking to her and hearing all her stories. It's crazy. And then we've got Kaylee, my buddy Kaylee, who's just so awesome, beautiful voice, and literally, she needs to be leading every West End show right, right? now. Right, right. She is so awesome. But I, I mean, and then meeting someone who I've never met, like or I never knew of Emily Batista, who was um, a blazada's understudy in Miss Igon on Broadway. Hello, I mean, you can't get better than that, and she's so lovely as well. And we've just had Jacob Fowler also join us. Mm-hmm. Fresh off uh, winning Little Mix The Search. And he's also so awesome and so lovely. Everyone, it, you know, the good thing is that everyone is like a family and we became quite a quick family unit. Mm-hmm. Um, And everyone has their roles to play. And it's so like the energy in the room and the support that everyone gives is so joyous, especially in this time, you know, um, i don't want to repeat what everyone has literally said a million times but in this time to have a family um where you can just enjoy your craft and create something completely new um a world premiere of, on this amazing score and this amazing story is is rare and it's also beautiful and yeah Mm. seeing it coming together today specifically just solidified everything that i'd thought before and i'm so glad to be part of it
1: Mm. i was going to say that when i speak to people uh performers always talk about wanting to create and do new things but we all know those jobs can be really stressful they can be really hard and it's it's exhausting when things are changing and stuff's happening it's it's like it's a you know it's hard work so what uh, what does it fit with you? Are you loving the process? Do you are you enjoying having that uh, you know level of creativity?
0: Oh, Oh, one hundred percent. I I've always had uh, a dream uh, <gasps> to create something new, create a new role. So for it to happen like now is is crazy and it's so exciting. I'm I'm really enjoying the process. It's so weird though because you know I think the West End has a uh, to to generalize. I think it is changing, but to generalize the West end has a lot of the same stuff, you know, rolling about. Yeah. Um, so you're a lot of the time you find yourself stepping into someone else's shoes and kind of doing something else that's, you know, it being inspired by someone else and kind of taking that and trying to make it your own. But truly it's always going to come from, um, from that skeleton that someone has created. But this, there's, there's no skeleton. There's no pre- previous iteration there's been the workshops of course but to put it on its feet how it should be done in a full musical way with a revolve. Hello, um, it's so, no way. It's so, There's not so a revolve. Fun. There's a revolve. That was a spoiler. I'm sorry. Have you? Um, but it had to be said. Have you been? <laughs> have you been revolved yet? Oh, we've been revolved. All, we're being revolved all the time. Oh
1: my gosh, what's it like performing on a revolve? This is
0: the question that I always wanted to ask somebody, but never. Have. Oh, it's so fun. So we do some revolve training beforehand. No um, way. Yeah, just a little revolve training um so we just get to like ease ourselves onto revolve make sure that no one's injuring themselves in terms of like walking in the correct direction um it's an art form and then we get faster and faster and faster but i i literally love revo- i love revolves that's like the one thing i'm taking away revolves are the best thing because they're just so fun and you just feel like you're on a treadmill, but then sometimes you're going the same way and sometimes you're going against it.
1: When I went to see Cinderella, I was sat in the revolving seats. You know, the whole audience, the front Oh part, my gosh, the how was that? It was the most exhilarating moment of my life to date Shem. I could, you know, I was sat there squealing when I was revolving around the Gillian Lynn Theatre. Dreams were That's made. That's so cr-
0: but I, I know, I, I can't believe they managed to do that. <laughs> I still didn't get how, but...
1: And you know what? So awesome! Did you? You just say to Did you see Ghost of Musical? Are you a Ghost of Musical fan?
0: I'm not. I'm sorry, but go on, <laughs> go on. I'm, I might know your well, no, uh, your reference. I here.
1: just love it in Ghost of Musical. They had those travelators, so they had. There was...
0: oh yes i do is that for the train song yeah yeah
1: am i wrong um, am i right yeah when they're t- oh, no, uh no the subway there's use various. There's, bits. There's, i remember the bit in act two when she when molly sings rain she's walking in the rain with her umbrella and she's just walking on this travelator there's lots of bits when sam's like following oh, I molly love that. they're on the travel and i'm like more shows need travelator travelate what, what's it called travelators travelators, travelators. <laughs> This is why we don't podcast on a Friday night. (laughs) Um, Right, we need to talk about some things. There's some things that we need to discuss, okay? So... I, during whatever lockdown it was, was innocently watching a production of Songs for a New World with, you know, the two Rachels and Cedric and Ramin. And then Right. up pops <laughs> this newbie. Um <laughs> hey. and um you were you popped up at that and you were incredible. And that was like a really exciting moment. I feel like it was almost quite early on when uh it was before maybe like there was tons of stuff for grads and we you you know I guess lots of things for grads did come up during the pandemic but it felt really amazing that chance to see somebody new having a moment like that alongside these incredible people so tell me about that how did that happen what was that first experience like and first of all doing it that digital production (laughs)
0: Hi, I'm Marcus Mazzell, host of Past Present Feature, a filmmaker appreciation podcast showcasing new festival releases and the past films that inspired them. As a filmmaker myself, I started this podcast with the intention of building community while talking shop and to show love to past cinema that sparked a new wave of filmmakers to create the films of the future. Please like and subscribe to this podcast and follow us on social media at Past Present Feature. Thank you for listening. Let's roll it. how did it happen oh um (laughs) so i mean you know it happened how most things happen you have your audition um and i felt quite good to be honest i can't even remember what i sung but i felt quite good because i i was familiar with songs for a new world i've always loved songs for a new world um i'm still like Trying to perfect King of the World, which is like such an uber hard song. Um, and I love, I love Steam Train already. So when I, when I knew that was kind of what was up for grabs here, I was like, Oh my God, yes. Um, so I was just me and it worked out. And, um, Shamie, our incredible director, he, he really wanted to bring out kind of, um, in, in terms of like picking a new grad, it was very intentional in terms of the, the themes with steam train and, you know, trying to make it out of New York City within the, the songs contest. But, you know, it could, it could be in life as a grad and all of that jazz. Um, so yeah, he really wanted to kind of play on who I was as a person and, you know, be, being, um, a black male performer in the industry, uh, gay as well. Um, and really wanted to show. Who I was within the song and uh, to have Ramin and the two Rachels and Cedric as my backing singers, yeah. um, is so, still, still so crazy. And I never actually got to, I don't think I ever got to see the production until opening night, which is mad. And the way we recorded it was without any, um, without any backing. So I was just recording to a metronome and a piano. And then I heard all the backing and all the singers. I had not heard anyone. So that was literally, it was like a first. And I was like, wow, this is crazy. I'm I'm watching that production. It was beautiful.
1: And then was it, like, did I miss it? Or were you, was it kind of a surprise? Like, was it, uh, were people basically watching it and being like, oh my God, this!" did you get a big response?
0: Yeah. So they, I think a couple of weeks maybe before... I can't remember the times time zones anymore, but I think a couple of weeks before they'd announced that I was going to be joining the cast, but I don't think they said in what way. Um, so I don't know if they... Did they? I can't remember. Um, but yeah, I honestly, 2020, who's she? I know, literally. Um, but no, I think they, they'd announced that I was going to be a part of it. Um, but I think it was meant to be kind of a little bit of a bit of a surprise so a lot of my friends kind of messaged me like oh my god wow <laughs> um but no it was so cool i i just yeah it's like a golden nugget of a moment in 2020 just doing mm. that that virtual production as well because the virtual production things was was very new as well mm. um in terms of like recording in lockdown actually putting it on as mm. a piece to be watched
1: and then it basically became the first digital show to receive a West End transfer <laughs> like it's, <Right>? it's insane I thought any old transfer like you went to the London Palladium and I was there on the evening show and that was really early on it was still when theatre was just getting back and mm. that was on the first you know big West End theatres I've been back into and to be around an audience. Songs for a New World brings out the stagiest of stagey, you know, the people who love (laughs) theatre. And it was so emotional. I had to change my mask in that opening number because it got too damn soggy. Yeah, it was like an emergency mask change. But it was the most insane thing to happen so I mean for you to follow through the journey and to suddenly be doing it at the Palladium and they found some you could have did some extra bits or some great or some great moments that you got to do I mean I can't imagine how exhilarating that was
0: yeah that was great I mean i it's just so weird because we finished that production we knew we had something special and I think everyone was very eager to kind of hold on to what was created and stuff But you know, just logistics and COVID and everything. So when we kind of got the call, like, okay, we're going to the Palladium, that is just so, I, I, you know, when you just really don't expect something, that was, that was what I was feeling. Um, so I was just, I was just happy. And then to actually be in the Palladium and just the whole premise of the piece within the context of 2020 Mm. and everything that had happened, it was just like, so perfect and so right like objectively even if I wasn't in it I'd say yes that is the show you need to put on in the middle of a pandemic in the middle of a pandemic that's still coming out of and you know global pandemic societal pandemic and all and all of the above um I mean yeah I think it's still I still haven't fully taken it in just like how kind of lucky I was um in that moment to kind of be a part of something like that with people who i I'd idolized since like a young boy um crazy did they take so, you so, did so the four happy. of them
1: take you under their wing that day while i'm working with them
0: yeah so um cedric cedric calls me his nephew um which is very cute and rachel john we literally got along like a house on fire rachel tucker as well um we we have the same agent so she were um She used to ask me about like tapes and stuff like that, which is really cute. But no, I'm like the biggest Wicked fan. So working with Rachel Tucker was, it's just like a dream, like an actual dream. Um, And then just to like see how nice she is as well. So it's just very, it's just very surreal. It was just all quite surreal. It was all like a haze that just kind of flew by um and again i just i do have to say it again like just having to be me on the stage was so fulfilling in a in a in a show like a song cycle um and again just the whole meaning of steam training that um that kind of pulse that it has to kind of be your best self and to really like make something of yourself it just really like resonated with me um Mm. to come out with my white boots my white kitten heels was also very a very cute moment. Ah, <laughs> oh,
1: the Palladium had never <laughs> had better shoes. They weren't ready. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the Palladium stage was not ready. When you think about the other shoes that have walked on that stage in the like years as well, it's like insane.
0: Yeah. It's oh, insane. And it was all. I and my favorite moment of the show was the beginning when Rachel John opened the door from the back, and you just see that like white light,
1: it's like a silhouette. Yeah.
0: And the, yeah, and the
1: noise, the noise, the roar, and then when Rachel Tucker came out and was just kind of growling, and it was just like <laughs> I haven't heard a Rachel Tucker kind of growl, you know. It was just going. I know. Oh, and then Cedric, outrageous, and David that time. I mean, David, yeah, all five of you. I mean. It was yeah the most special show, and sadly you didn't get to do the full run at the Vaudeville. But I would, I really hope. I know you're like going to be the five busiest people on earth in the next few years, but I really <laughs> hope that we get to see it again. It'd be so good, to do yeah. It again, wouldn't it?
0: I, I think that I, I know that everyone is very keen to do the show in some way, shape, or form. I think it, I think it still has a life. It has, still has, you know, people really connected with the show and i think the team and everyone involved doesn't want to let that go it's just a it's just a question of logistics at this point Mm. because like you said like everyone's busy rachel's on broadway so (laughs) we've lost her for a little bit but um i think there is an afterlife definitely for this show fingers crossed anyway absolutely everything crossed
1: tell me about um finishing your training in this time being at arts Edge in this time i mean like we said it it's insane for graduates in normal times it's daunting and terrifying graduating so much but to do it when it felt like then there was no industry i mean what was what were the thoughts that were going through your brain how are you how are you dealing with that as a drama school student
0: oh um that that is a hard question um how how i guess it's so weird because we've gone through so many different stages of of lockdown and um restrictions and everything. So the at first, so I was meant to be doing Meet Me in St. Louis at the Grange Park Opera with the BBC Orchestra, and it was gonna be amazing, and I was so excited. Um it was in April 2020. And so when the no- lockdown got announced in March, I was like, oh, ah, four weeks. Okay, this can still happen, it's fine. So I, I, I think a bit of, a bit of delusion was there, <laughs> to be honest, clearly. Um, but then after that, when it, when it started to sink in that actually this could be a while, I think at first, probably, I, I guess I probably was quite lost and, um, you know, upset because I, I'd got everything out of my training technically, um, but still, You know, watching your friends have to go through, we're all going through the same thing where people are losing jobs and people are, everyone's feeling uncertain and everyone's having to move back home if they don't live in London. It just feels like every, like all your dreams and all your work is just being slowly snatched away. But like, you can't Mm -hmm. control anything about it. It's, it's bigger than just the theatre industry. It's everyone. It was really, yeah, it was really tough. It was definitely tough. But, it was also the, the, the nice thing, the silver lining was to see how creative people could be and songs to a new world, songs, songs to a new world, songs for a new world speaks <laughs> to that into just people thinking outside the box in ways that I just wouldn't have thought of. And so quickly, like to bounce back this industry and everyone doing their kind of home concerts and things just to stay creative. I think that was a really communal moment, I think for the industry and, and I don't know, like Zoom parties and things like that. They're really fond memories I, I have, you know, of course, there's a totally. the dark, the darker, darker moments. But there's some things I'm like, wow, that was really fun. And it was, you know, it's just to see how, different ways in which people connect is always... Always
1: nice. Totally, and as you say as well about the way the industry's bounced back, and what's so exciting now is to see how many new grads are literally jumping into shows. I mean, look at you—you're literally a show jumper already. You're, you went to went went to Curve, (laughs) and then you're doing this. You're squeezing in this before you go and do some other little show. I mean, it's incredible to see what people are doing and how this this new talent is still finding its way in the industry, right? Oh, one hundred percent, one hundred percent. Um, we talk about. Dream girls, because um, I probably will be coming on tour with you as an audience member. Yes, follow us.
0: <laughs>
1: I'll be uh, every every venue. You'll be like, oh Andrew, hi. Yeah, hi, Andrew. <laughs> I, I'm
0: gonna do I podcast. Going,
1: <laughs> I was going through my today tics recently, and i was a period of my life where it was like dream girls, dream girls, dream girls. But you were literally seeing dream girls every day, right? Because you right. worked front of house so tell me your like your your pre dream girls story like when did dream girls come into your life when did you realize that you wanted to be a dream (laughs) girl
0: um oh god i've been with this sorry that actually sounds so negative um let's cut that bit (laughs) (laughs) um dream girls has been a part of my life for oh i can't even think maybe Four years, three years. Um, so yes, I worked front of house at the Savoy Theatre. Um, and we hear that Dream Girls is coming. I was so excited. Of course, the first West End, um, production of it, Amber Riley. Crazy. Literally crazy. Big deal. Um, big deal. So yeah, it, it, it comes over. It's awesome. And, um, I love it. We're all feeling it, and the joke was that I was like very CC, like you know, I if if I was to do the show, you'd be CC, Shem. you'd be CC. Um, so yeah, that's cute, that's cool. I also met my my lovely boyfriend um, as an usher in Dreamgirls, which is very. Very, and very nice story. So it's just kind of been a part of our relationship at all times. It's his favorite uh-huh. musical as well.
1: <laughs> Your relationship has revolved around Dream Girls. Oh, to- Dream totally. Dreamgirls totally. Girls brings
0: people together. It really, it really does. Um, and just, you know, it was just like the best, the best front of house time. I, I know, I, I mean, I know people have differing front of house stories, but working on Dream Girls was the funnest thing. And I could probably quote the whole show Um, did you you watch
1: it quite a lot were you kind of in there
0: i i've watched it how it was there for like maybe three two three years Mm. i've probably watched it more than 500 times maybe yeah five four to five hundred times i probably watched dream girls um So, I know the show inside and out. Well, I know that production of this, that West End production. They'll probably change things, tweak things here and there, um, for this, for this tour version. But, um, I knew the show inside out. I had the best, the best of times. And, you know, I, I also was friends with Nicole from, from Dream Girls as well. Um, just kind of seeing her after um, at stage store and stuff and so everyone was really lovely and i just yeah it was it was literally the best time and it was the best show to work on because it was so awesome like amazing vocals and and then getting like seeing marissa wallace come and just literally blow me away um and then moya angela and karen mav and nicole and like that the score is just incredible genuinely incredible breathtaking so I had the best time
1: like Lucy LaFontaine and As- and Lise and oh As- Mar- I'm one of these As- Mar- Hell <laughs> and I'm just cannot tell you in words how obsessed I am with her she's
0: so she was so funny the thing
1: she did at Ain't No Party it's not honestly- your party it's just a table and chairs <laughs> We discussed that. I was like, (laughs) I was like, tell me about that.
0: she's actually so funny. She was so funny. (laughs) And on my
1: screen, I'm looking on your Twitter on my screen and I'm seeing this pitch that you posted when you announced that you're going into it of you saying you were constantly mistaken for Tyrone Huntley. And it's this outrageous photo of some women having a (laughs) selfie with you thinking that you were in the show.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, that happened. That happened a few times. Um, I mean, I personally don't think, I didn't even have, you know, Tyron has a a massive high top and he's, I think he's shorter than me. Um, and he can do the splits and I can't, but, um, yeah, I used to come out of stage door and we, you know, we used to joke like, oh, because people like just thought I was like CC anyway, that like someone's finally going to mistake me for Tyron Huntley. And then, it, it, the occasion arrived, and I don't know what 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 it was in me that was like. You know what? I'm just gonna pretend I'm Tyrone, and I don't know how Tyrone feels about it. I think he found it funny, but um, I was like, I'm just gonna go for it and see how 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 um far I can take it and see if they realise. So yeah, that, I think that was right at the end, that photo. Cause there was a, a bunch of people with programs and I was like, Oh, where do you want me to sign? Cause I just wanted to see who they thought I was. And they were all like, C C So I was just going around with the Sharpie. Um, Outrating. And then finally I took the photo and I was like, Shem, you, you, honestly, you may have taken this too far, but it was so we were, I was holding in the laughter so much. It was so funny but you know everyone talks about manifesting it worked
1: literally (laughs) literally but so then tell me when i guess you know auditions come up all the time and you're getting people go and audition for things all the time but uh i imagine it's it it can be maybe more nerve-wracking or more daunting if you're auditioning with something that you really want to do so imagine when dream girls came up you must have been a bit more like oh i don't love i would love to do this so what was it like to then you know to go in go in for it how did you deal with it
0: (laughs) Yeah, it was very strange because I feel like I've not... There's there's things I want to do or things I've wanted to do that I've gone in for, but Dreamgirls was different because I love Dreamgirls. It's it's one of my favourite musicals. I think it's awesome. I've always wanted to do it, but my connection to it was very close. It felt like I knew the show almost too well, Mm. where I was going in and kind of second-guessing myself. I was like, okay am I acting or am I just pretending like I'm front of house? Like when we like joke in, when we joke in the stools bar or something about doing the show. Cause that's what it felt like to me. I was like, did I actually, did I do anything? But obviously I did, but it just, it was very surreal because you're almost out of body. I'm like, I've done this a million times. Like I've, I've said this, this line just as a joke with my friends front of house. But yeah, going in, it was like, there was a bit more pressure because i was like okay i should know the show i should know this character um but also i have to make it mine as well and i have to not just you know do what tyrone did or um or like yeah just act in that specific way i need to kind of okay what what would i do and what how would how do i view cc um it worked clearly but um it was it was very nerve-wracking very nerve-wracking it was out, almost out of body every time i went in Did, for that show was
1: there a moment when you were like oh my gosh this might be happening Did, Were you surprised? like how, was it was it was it quite a lot was it quite a long process what was it like
0: um yeah it was i mean technically i sent in my self tape last year my first self tape last year um so yeah it's been like a year now um since and then i i found out this year But yeah, there were, there were quite a few rounds and it was going quite well. It was like a weird, like I obviously spoke about the pressure, but in a way it was like, there was so much pressure that I was almost like chilled out at the same time. I don't know how to describe it, but I was like, okay, I know the show. I'm comfortable, I'm comfortable with the lines and stuff because I I know that. And there's pressure because I want to, I don't want to just be a cartoon, a carbon, what is, what's the word? A cardboard copy of. A carbon um,
1: copy. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah um of of tyrone um so i just kind of started chilling out as i got through the rounds i started just kind of saying you know what this is what i'm giving it's going well they keep calling me back um and by th- i actually had one of the auditions whilst i was and this probably helped i did one of the auditions whilst i was in leicester doing the show um the music of andrew lloyd weber so i literally got a bus like at 5 a.m or something got all the way down to london was knackered and went in and I was really chill like the most chill I've ever been in an audition. Um because I just wasn't thinking about it too much. Mm. And I was just like, you know what? You you've got this. Um Yeah, and you just did the material, laughed with the team, and I think that's the best that's the best way. So like all my friends now, if they have auditions, I'm like, guys, you just need to not think about it. You need to chill out. Because it it does it does work. I think you know if your energy in the room is apprehensive, it has an effect. So if you come in just chilled out, I think that that is the best way to go. Mm.
1: How are you feeling about life on the road? How many pairs of shoes are you going to pack? <laughs>
0: um, I, d- I think I'm going to, I'm going to have my uh, sliders um, uh, on when, as and when I can, like that's going to be 90% of the time because that will just take away Um, a lot of the stress of having to have different shoes and clothes and, and things, um, and socks. Um, (laughs) I'm, I, it's, it's weird. I mean, I've never been on tour, but, um, I'm excited because I, I mean, I, I can already tell everyone in the cast is really lovely. So I'm hoping we're going to have the best time together. I'm doing like such a family or I mean, I sing family, so (laughs) family oriented show. Um, I think there will be a really nice togetherness, um, and it's the first tour of Dream Girls in the UK. So there's that, and I think everyone's going to pull together and have the best time.
1: Those audiences around the UK are not ready for what's. They about are not. They are not ready. Dream Girls for Dream Girls to be unleashed. I mean, Natalie Kasanga, like, oh, I just cannot deal with the talent in that
0: show. I know, I know, I know. It's like they've. Sonia Friedman, Pippa Aileen, you've done a good job. Mm. I cannot lie. I cannot lie. They've pulled together an amazing cast.
1: Mm. I know. I'm so ready. Listen, I th- you are so busy. I'm so grateful for you spending your Friday night doing this because you have so much going on and lives to learn and shows to do and bags to pack. Um, so thank you. I'm so buzzing to see Venara in a couple of weeks and then yes and then I will see you on Torsham yes
0: please <laughs> I, I can't wait I'm going to I'm going to be finding you I'm going to be finding you
1: I, in the audience I'll hide I'll be like in the back I'll be like grand circles <laughs> not too far. okay them. good luck
0: like, I'll, I'll just be on the stage with the pair of binoculars don't you but
1: worry bad. I, am bad. I am like literally I do secret theatre trips sometimes I will go to you know really? I'll go to the, I'll go to Wicked or Dreamgirls not tell any friends or family where I'm going I'll just be like I can't tell them I'm going to do Six again So I'll just. <laughs>
0: Relationship I'll just go
1: in right now I'll just go <laughs> in secret, I'll just go in secret. <laughs> um but no a total pleasure so thank you and um yeah and good luck with everything thank
0: you catch I'm just gonna do a little promo catch us at venara hackney Empire 22nd to the 31st of October because yeah you're in for a real treat it's awesome it's so good amazing
1: thank you Sham. thanks Andrew mm. As Shem said, you can see Venara at the Hackney Empire through to Sunday, the 31st of October. Dreamgirls then kicks off its first ever UK tour on the 14th of December at the Liverpool Empire. Thank you so much to Shem for recording this episode of In The Frame. We need to get talent stagey on the West End very soon. If you enjoyed this episode of In The Frame, make sure you follow and subscribe, and you can even leave us a cheeky little Apple Podcast rating and review. We love hearing from you. So follow Western Frame on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, and make sure you check out our other podcast, The West End Frame Show, for your weekly stagey catch up. I'll be back next week with another incredible guest, but until then, thank you for listening.